Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. We have a very busy show for you guys today. I'm Scott Fontana. You can find me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at the Dan Urban. And you can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe to the show anywhere you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. And we talk about judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria, which you can read at abcboxing.com. Yeah, Dan, super packed show. I mean, we're we're going over two events here uh, in one episode between Bellator uh, 256 on Friday and the UFC Apex uh, number 23, which is also the second UFC on ABC card from Saturday afternoon. Uh, we'll have to kind of try not to drag too many of these rounds down, right? Yeah, mainly mainly lightning rounds, pretty much. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do our best to kind of keep a lot of these to lightning rounds. Some of them we're gonna go into some of the more you know some of the more consequential rounds. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, why don't we just get into it, right? Yeah, very quickly. I think we could talk about. Uh, we'll we'll start with the UFC event. Uh, we'll go through UFC and then we'll switch to Bellator later. The headliner. We don't need to get into any rounds, but very quickly, Marvin Vittori. He got a unanimous fifty to forty four. All cards the same win over Kevin Holland. The late. Notice replacement who only took the fight about 11 days ago. I know you're not very impressed with uh, Marvin Vittori's uh, victory here, at least from a, an aesthetic standpoint, but it's it's a good win. He did what he had to do. He won the fight. Does he get a title shot off this performance? I say absolutely not, but he got the win. I mean, what can you say? Kevin Holland, glaring weakness is wrestling. I mean, it's apparent at this point when it was on the feet, he was landing big shots. Yeah, and, and Vittori certainly was looking to lose uh, some steam as kind of the fight went along too. So uh, that was certainly not the most encouraging sign for him. If, if he's looking to uh, get into a fight with Israel Adesanya and he can't finish it early and, you know, he didn't finish this one, you know, he might find himself in more trouble uh, as it goes into the later rounds. Speaking of Izzy, I, I cannot stand that call out. I don't mind he calls out the champ. Call out the champ all you want. But six months from now in October, that's just weak. <laughs> That's, that's, it was it was hyper specific. Yeah, he's like, oh. yeah, we're gonna do it at this point. This time, it's like, dude, you can't dictate those terms yet. Hey, Scott, guess what? What's up? I'm calling out John Fitch twelve years from now. That's when I want to fight him. That is uh, that is significantly more. That uh, is exactly my friend. That's the same thing as a professional fight. You're gonna fight two year, two times a year. That's garbage if you're not a champ. That that's not no. If you yeah, want to be the champion, you to that. Fight. I know, I know. You you hate uh, the pace at which some people, fighters fight. I have no problem with it, but that is what it is. We don't have time for that conversation today, though, my friend. Let us dive into some of the rounds. Uh, so we'll start with uh, there were two split decisions, uh, each of which had two rounds of judges' disagreement. So let's start with Jack Shore, who got the win over Hunter Azure. Uh, he got thirty twenty seven times two, but then Hunter Azure got a 29-28 in his favor. One judge saw rounds one and two completely differently, and that was Dave Hagen, uh, who saw it different from Mike Bell and Sal D'Amato. Let's start with round one, Dan. What did you see here? Yeah, I, I don't have too much to say. I, I thought Shore won around 10-9, landed a bit better on the feet, had the better grappling, but Azure for sure, had his moments, and I, I don't really hate someone giving him the, the round, so... 
No, I don't think so either. I don't think it's crazy to go that way. You know, it, it, I think off the bat, you look at it and you're like, well, this judge had two out of the three rounds completely different than everyone else who was sitting cage side. But it was a close round. I think you're right. It's just a little bit more in Shore's favor. I would I would say that. So, yeah, I have no problem with uh, with Judge Hagen giving it that way. Yeah, totally fine for me. What about round two? Any any uh, major gripes with this one? Not really. I think it was a a bit more clear for sure. It's just that Azure had good success late uh, that it probably made it feel closer in people's eyes. Okay. Uh, I mean, sure knocked him down early. I mean, whether you want to say it was a slip or maybe you just off balance because he was on one leg, I thought it was a decent knockdown. And then I thought it's still, it was a good shot. And then at the end, they traded equally impressive shots. So I went with Shore ten nine. Yeah, I did too. I, I sided with uh, with Bell D'Amato as opposed to Hagen, but yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't go crazy on this round either. I I look at this and I don't see Hagen's card of twenty nine twenty eight being that like it's obviously that different from the other two judges, but I don't see it as as anything egregious. Um, it's nothing to say. It, hey, what was this judge watching? Just, no, no, certainly all, not, so. which was something that uh, Dominic Cruz seemed to be thinking the entire oh, evening. Oh, that guy. that guy. As he always does. I need a box of Tums. Uh, when I there's just something that Dominic Cruz has against anybody who regulates fights or, or, or officiates fights. A- anybody who's not actually a fighter, he seems to just detest. It, it could be because he has spent his career working on getting a late takedown in final 30 seconds of a round. <laughs> His entire career. And he wants to validate that strategy. Yeah, for someone who's won so many judges' decisions, (laughs) he's really very (laughs) anti-judge. His whole style's built on winning rounds and not really finishing guys. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's very weird. Strange. And did did you catch today? I forget which fight he was talking about, but there there was one of the fights today where he was talking about, oh, you know, good refereeing here, letting the fighters fight through it, and, uh, and, you know, not not uh, stopping it too early. It was like such a shot at what happened in his fight last year. I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch it. I. I mean, it. It just. It just seems like such a veiled shot at that whole idea of it. Look, we have referees in the sport. You've got to accept that sometimes they're going to stop it when they think it needs to be stopped because they're not you and they don't know what's in your head. They're using what. Your body language is what the visuals are, their positioning and, and their experience and everything like that. Just accept it. And it's because he doesn't want you to get hurt any further. So <laughs> I know. he's not trying to screw you over. Look, if you if you want to fight to the death, first off, Bad maybe idea. fight a little hard, you know, a little more minded toward finishing. Bring a weapon. Dom? Yeah, I mean, there's that too. <laughs> anyway, that, that's, you know, we don't have to linger on this this fight here. There was the other split decision. Uh, from today's, from Saturday's fights in the UFC, and that was John McDessie, who got a 30-27 and a 29-28, whereas Ignacio Bahamondes, he got a 29-28. So he had three different scorecards here. Another one that, you know, people watching at home, they're like, what's going on here? How come they're not, none of them are seeing the same fight? Well, that's because Bahamondes's face is uh, mincemeat at the moment. Oh yeah, so, I mean, he got just torn apart in the first round. I I had you know this was on during the day, and you know my children were around, so they happened to decide, oh, we're going to sit with Daddy for this one. My <laughs> kids are five and three years old, um, so they're they're sitting and watching, and they, you know they're they're not really like I don't think they understand it enough to care, other than I'm sitting there telling them, like 
these guys are professionals. They're trained martial arts and everything like that. So you you can't do this. And my kids are like, okay, <laughs> they they buy it. They they understand. Uh, but my my oldest is asking me, is is he hurt? Because there's that big cut underneath yeah. the Bahamondes uh, right eye. He's like, is he hurt? I'm like, uh, he's he's okay. I'm like, how do you explain that to a five year old that like, <laughs> yeah, it looks terrible, but he's fine. Yeah, just a little. A little superficial injury. Yeah, I don't know. He, he was like, at some point, he goes, "I'm scared." I'm like, "Buddy, it's okay. Everything's fine." <laughs> <laughs> he got over it. Yeah. But anyway, this fight round two is where we start to see some disagreement. And I think you're right. I think I think the at least for people at home, they're very uh, there's a bias starting to be built in because of the way Ignacio Bahamonde's face looks. Right. Yeah. Uh, round two is just so close. Like such I a, think it's very close. Yeah, both of these two, these two rounds we're going to discuss are close. And the thing, I think MacDessie was just a tad more immediately impactful. And I agree. That's why I scored it for him 10-9. They were, I mean, they were just throwing at each other. And it seemed like he was landing a, a tad bit harder. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Uh, so in, in doing so and agreeing with your 10-9 for MacDessie, you and I both agreed with Dave Hagen this time. He was the... uh, so, uh, and of course, the other two judges, Derek Cleary and Sal D'Amato, they saw this for Bahamondes. Okay. So you know what this means, Dan? It's a couch side override! <laughs> they, around three, again, another very close round. And, oh my goodness. How many strikes were thrown in this round? They and just, landed. They just kept swinging at each other. No, no, non-stop in here. And I, I, this time I scored it for Bahamondes. Okay. Another razor-thin round where I thought he, again... Or not again, but this time he was the slightly more immediately impactful fighter. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, but but it, not another super close run. I I don't think I have a big disagreement with either one of these rounds. Uh, you can understand why we ended up with three different scorecards. Uh, but because I agreed with you giving it to Bahamondes and only Derek Cleary saw it that way. What do we have, Dan? Another couchside override. <laughs> That won't be the last time you hear that today, uh, folks. That's just a little a little uh, teaser for later. Oh yeah, we're we're in the minority. We've got quite a few on these, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So you know that that was it for these split decisions. I think we can probably kind of rapid fire more or less these remaining UFC rounds, right? Yeah, where are we going? I uh, I want to start with uh, Joe Selecki. Mm-hmm. Get who who won thirty twenty seven and two twenty nine twenty eights over Jim Miller round one is the only round where there was any disagreement uh, and that the one who saw it for Selecki here was Judge Adelaide Bird, uh, where Mike Bell and Junichiro Kamija saw it for Miller. Now, look, let's just get this out of the way. You are a little bit of a Jim Miller homer. Well, it just needs to be said. How can anyone not be? Even well, if you're, you're not you're, from New you Jersey. You are to a different degree than the people who just appreciate how much of a fighter he's I mean, been. Joe, because... so- Joe Selecki may take his spot. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll be the next uh, when the Jim next retires. Jersey, you know, standout guy who's just always, always scrapping. You know, I mean, uh, to be honest, this this fight didn't disappoint me, but it was like underwhelming. It's like, oh, I expected well, a lot I, more. I think I think everybody was kind of overwhelmed uh, on this too, just because there was an expectation that when the fight hit the mat, it would be a lot more electric than it was, and in fact, yeah. it was much more um, kind of canceled each other out. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those things. So. Um, but in but in this round though, again with your bias being mentioned, where how did you see this round? I didn't give the I didn't I didn't fully check the 
the round for Miller uh, until the very end. I mm-hmm. thought I thought on the feet, Selecki, I mean, he had the edge. Uh, I didn't think it was a big edge. And then on the ground, Jim really wasn't doing that much ground and pound, but I thought he did enough where it kind of evened out with the striking. And then he landed a big elbow, like, right at the end. I was like, that's the biggest shot of this round. I'm going with Miller. It was a good elbow. But I actually thought that Selecki was winning the the stand up just a little bit more handily. It was it wasn't like a total blowout, but I think he was doing I think he was doing real good work up there. Uh, whereas on the mat, when Miller settles into the guard, uh, yes, he lands the elbow. But otherwise, I thought it was not a whole lot of impact happening in there. Uh, not enough to make up for what Selecki did when he was standing. So I gave the round to Selecki. Uh, I sided with Adelaide Bird here and. I should mention too that uh, Ms. Bird here, she has a uh, a descent from the other two judges for the first time in quite a while. She didn't have one last year. She hasn't had one this year. So she, you know, this is this is kind of a rarity from her, which goes against her narrative. It goes against uh, the way people have perceived her. So uh, you know, I, I'm going to give her, <laughs> I'll give her a little bit of a clap. Uh, for getting this far without one of these because very few judges have gotten this far with this many rounds logged uh, than her. And I ended up seeing it her way. So, hey, you know, I I don't think she's even wrong yet. All right. Fair enough. I mean, didn't really matter in the end, so. No, no. And and again, again, it was uh, Mike Bell and Junichiro Kamidra. They saw it your way. And yeah, so like he ended up winning the next two rounds. So it didn't really matter. Um, I think we'll probably go go through the next round a lot quicker. And that was Matush Gamrot. He got the round two knockout of Scott Holtzman, but round one was a split uh, for Gamrock getting uh, Mike Bell and Sal D'Amato on his side. Tony Weeks, he saw this one for Holtzman. Honestly, I had trouble finding this one for Holtzman. Yeah, I thought Gamrock just landed harder. I thought it was competitive, but I think Gamrock was was just better. He landed harder and more often. Honestly, this this is one of those few rounds. And, you know, a, a, a round one in a fight that was stopped in round two, it is entirely possible that maybe this wasn't, you know, verified and checked over. And they said, Hey, you know, Tony, did you really mean to check this one? Was there any mistakes or anything like that? Uh, Maybe it was transcribed wrong or something like that. I can, you can give the benefit of the doubt in those situations because you just don't know that, you know, when they go to a decision, they're going to check that stuff over. Um, Having said that, this is what we see. And, uh, yeah, I, I disagree very strongly with Tony Weeks giving this one to Scott Holtzman. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, that does, I thought Holtzman held his own, though. I, I don't know if it was I think that he bad. Was, I think he was in the fight, but I don't think he was winning the fight. I have, uh, The problem is I have a hard time making a case for him having won the round. Would you say, would you say it's a little bit further than clear but close? Or close but clear? I think it's just clear. Okay. Yeah, I think so. it's just a clear round for Gamrot. That's how I feel. All right. That is. Yeah. That's I'm, fair. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. You know, Tony Weeks is right there and I'm sitting at home. But the way I look at it from my seat at home, I just I had a lot of trouble finding this one for Holtzman. All right. And then on to the, a, a couple quick 10-8 watches here uh, early in the afternoon. I guess it was probably late morning for us over in Jersey, right? Uh, Dong Jung, he got uh, 30-26 times two and a 30-27 over William Knight. Round two was the round where there were some 10 eights given out. Uh, Sal D'Amato and Rick Winter giving 10 eights to Jung, whereas Tony Weeks only gave a 10 nine to Jung. What about you? I thought this was a 10 eight all day. Yep. Knight did nothing. I think maybe he landed a light kick before he got taken down. 
And then I mean, he's flattened out. He's just getting landed on. He's doing nothing. He's pouring blood. And it really, I thought this is a clear ten eight. This might be the clearest ten eight of the weekend. So would you would you actually say uh, that? Do you think this is the clearest ten eight of the weekend? We'll, we can get to the one yeah, if, you, if it's if you disagree. I think I would say yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so too. So it, it's kind of surprising to see Tony Weeks not going this way. Although he is statistically one of the least likely judges to give a ten eight relative to his peers. Uh, not that he doesn't give them, but you know, when, when we look at the, the times where they are in descent from the other judges, he's very, very, very rarely the one who's giving the 10-8 when the others are not. I would say I'm not that surprised as him until later in the card. <laughs> yes, and, and we should get to that right now. We can get to the other 10-8. Uh, and that is in the Daniel Rodriguez uh, getting a clear and easy 30-26 and then 30-27 times two over Mike Perry, which always makes me happy because I don't enjoy Mike Perry as a uh, an individual uh, that you see on, or I guess we could call him a character. I don't know what he is. He's got a terrible haircut. Um, I just, I don't enjoy anything about him. You know, stop saying the N-word, please. Uh, <laughs> at any rate, round three. This is the round in question. Uh, we have Derek Cleary and Camijo. They are giving 10 nines to Rodriguez. And lo and behold, Tony Weeks, of all people, <laughs> going the 10-8 when none of the other judges do. And and you almost never see that. So what do you think? I mean, does, does he have a case here? Does Tony Weeks have a case here? I would have liked to see Rodriguez push harder if he wanted a 10-8. I mean, it, it was clear he was far and above better in this round. But I think, yeah, he it was one or two shots at a time back off another one or two. It it just it just wasn't consistent, constant. He action. lacks duration. Yeah, he lacks duration. I, I think absolutely lacks duration. So there's you're already saying, OK, it has to be damage and dominance. Is dominance something we're seeing in this? Is it that lopsided? I don't think so. Not crazily. I don't see it like that. I mean, Perry's still he's throwing, he's landing. It's not doing nearly enough um but he's responding we've seen more lopsided rounds than this yes for sure like i the one he didn't give a 10-8 this is almost <laughs> to me this is almost a, as egregious to go 10-8 here uh as anything that happened on the weekend mostly in the context of him not giving the 10-8 earlier i don't know if it's just something he reconsidered or you know i, got, I mean i don't know now, it's almost like uh i, I do have a question I don't, yeah, what's your it's, question? It, it, it's very speculative. You and mm-hmm. I know Tony Weeks has been judging MMA for however many, 20 years almost. He's been like, in combat sports for a right, very long but time, M- both MMA boxing sp- and, yes, MMA. He's been in it for a long time. But there's this thing that he's a boxing judge or a boxing yeah. referee. There's that, that thing that is attached to him. Now, this only helps that because this is an all-stand-up round and... Tony knows boxing, you know, stand up. Yeah. And he's saying, wow, this is just so, so much damage, so much dominance. This is a 10 8, but maybe he doesn't understand the ground, people will say. And that's why he didn't go 10 8. People the first probably one. would say that. Yes. I, I mean, I'm sure they are wrong, but right. yeah. But I think it just, it's just going to feed that, that stigma, I guess, that he has that he's a boxing guy, not an MMA it might. guy. It might, but I mean, it's just not the truth. Uh, really, the, when it break, when you break down this round, I look at this round and I say, you know what? I, this is where our scoring system with the intermediate score in there where you're actually giving out 10 sevens as would be 10 eights and, and a 10 eight could be like a very strong round like yeah. this one. This would be I think this would be yeah. a couchside judges 10 eight for sure. 
but not an ABC 10 eight. No, just a strong yeah. 10 nine. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and and that's it for for the UFC rounds that we had to discuss uh, here. But we do want to switch over to Bellator 256 from Friday night. We're only going to focus on the main card, though. Um, frankly, I didn't watch the prelims, and I'm just not going to uh, unless someone tells me to. But uh, but I'll, I'll watch. We can discuss the ones from Showtime. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, we're not composed, we just don't we just don't have the time to the watch time. it. So I, I don't have the time for it. I just don't. <laughs> I barely had time to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I barely had time to watch all these fights this weekend. Uh, so, yeah, let, but let's dive into it. You know, and we'll start with, of course, the uh, main event, uh, which was the first leg of the uh, I almost called it the strike force. The Bellator World Light Heavyweight Grand Prix just began. And Ryan Bader just completely dominated one of my favorites in Leona Machida. Uh, well, 49-45 times 2 or 49-46. Let me say this. I tweeted the, the gif of Bader losing the first time, just mm-hmm. bull rushing into a right hand. And I said, this is not going to happen again. And I got nervous in that first round that this yes, might happen ra- again. <laughs> I think he needed to settle down, right? He ca- he was rushing in a lot and yeah. Machita just couldn't catch him. And then after nah, that, he it, gave, it he gave Machita a good chance to yeah. win it early. <laughs> But, but yeah, after that, it was it was all Bader. It was it was probably from the uh, I think it it was like midway through the second round where it started to change because even Machida was still winning kind of in that early part of the round. That and then all kicked, of a sudden yeah. he gets it down and it really changes. So he does clearly win that second round. Yep. Yeah, and then and then it's all over. So it basically just it's a steady decline in how much Machida is able to do and and a steady incline in how much Bader is able to do. So. We get to round three, which is the first round in which a judge gave a 10-8. Uh, in this case, it was David Peabody uh, with Brian Miner and Eric Cologne seeing 10-9 for Bader. What did you think? I went 10-9. Okay. I have no issue with someone scoring a 10-8. I don't, I don't have like a strong issue with it, but it's, I don't know. This, this, is, this is another one where I'm like, I don't know if this is what really qualifies as a 10-8 in the ABC scoring. I mean, I think he definitely dominates him on the ground, and he's definitely doing solid damage. Sure. Uh, I kind of again, this is another case where I wish he pushed harder to get the ten eight, but I, it was a very strong ten nine, and I really, I really, I, I, I can't find anything too hard to say about not going, uh, about giving a ten eight. So yeah, this 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 feels like uh, you know, some judges like to use the term ten eight and a half. You know, yeah, it's. It feels more like that. So I guess in that sense, yeah, you can go either way with that. I mean, that, Machida really had some good, decent offense before he got taken down again. Sure, sure. And and there is the damage. You know, damage is, is the most important of the three Ds as, as we're starting to uh, notice here mm-hmm. uh, with with the assessment of the 10-8s. But yeah, I, I sided with Brian Miner and, uh, and Eric Cologne here and going the 10-9. I, I think that was the right call. Yeah, I'm with you. But round four... This is where I start to say, okay, I think we've moved into the 10-8 territory. Uh, and in this case, only Brian Miner assessed the 10-8 here. So I agreed with him. Did you also? Yeah, I went 10-8 here. I think it's a similar round to round three, except you don't have Machida having any offense this time. And I think that no, none at all. the domination and duration is to a higher degree. So it's kind of weird Peabody didn't also give a 10-8 in this round. 
Yeah, that is a little strange, isn't it? So, I, I think it's like the same round minus Machida doing anything, and it's just it's all yeah, it's a, only a easier degree. to give the ten eight here. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to speculate. Dave Peterbody has been judging for a long time, but it, you almost like wonder. It's like, did he have second thoughts about it or something like that? I don't know what judges think about that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if judges ever have second thoughts like that. I'm gonna guess that they're confident enough in what they give so that they don't think that. I'm going. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt there, but it's it's one of those things that. You just you're trying to look for a rationale behind why that one, but not this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm having trouble finding that. So while I don't think it's a case where a judge would do that, I'm just kind of at a loss. Yeah, it's just like you said, it's just it's easier to go ten eight in this round than it is in the round before. Yeah, and and really, this should have been a very easy ten eight. You know, this isn't quite at the level as Daun Jung round two that we toast us, but I think this is this is pretty close. Yeah, I, I can't. I think disagree, if you put so. either of these in the textbook for ten eights, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was actually Eric Cologne didn't give out any ten eights in this fight, and he's one of the the judges that you typically see uh, him if there is a discrepancy, if there's a dissent between him and other judges in a ten eight ten nine situation. He is typically the one who's giving the eight. So it was a little surprising here, and the only thing I can imagine is. I have to wonder if there's been some sort of blowback from stemming back all the way to when Dana White started calling out the 10 eights and everything. Cause I, I'm starting to get the sense that there's going to be a change in the way 10 eights are given out. And it's, it's going to kind of cloud the way 10 eights are given out, but even by experienced judges. Yeah. The thing is, I, I mean, I really don't mind if someone went 10, nine here, I think it's you go ten nine here. That's fine as long as you didn't go ten nine. As long as you didn't go ten eight in the fir- in the third round, I guess. I think I have you more. You just want to pro- see consistency, is that? Yeah, think I'd what you're saying, yeah. If right? you're con- if you're consistent between these two rounds, Bader's offense is is pretty much the same. The real big difference is the duration. So I think the dominance and the duration are are yeah. key here. I think you you absolutely get that now, and that's why I do look at this as a very textbook ten eight. Uh, I don't know. That's that's just and I'm just speculating here, but I but you do get the sense that there could be changes afoot. Uh, could perhaps even as we speak uh, yeah, in the way they're... judges are giving out ten eights and and being instructed to give out ten eights by you know by officials. I mean, if there's changes coming out, I mean, well, we throw our hat in the ring and uh, get that CSJ scoring criteria going. Well, it seems like they, if anything, they would <laughs> look going at the, the other CSJ way. scoring criteria and be like, "What? No, this is crazy." <laughs> Dana White would hate us. Uh, well, yeah, Dana White probably would hate us <laughs> if, if he heard about that. He'd be like, "You're crazy." But yeah, that was it for this one. Uh, but that, but uh, before we end that one, uh, you and I both sided with Brian Miner here giving a ten eight, right? Oh yeah, better do it. So what is that? Yeah, couchside override. You, couchside override. <laughs> All right, moving on though, we have uh, another split decision here, and this was Dan Moret who got the twenty nine twenty eight times two over. Goichi Yamauchi, who also got a 29-28. Round three is the deciding round here. This is a very typical split decision round where, you know, you, yeah. we're not talking we're not talking about everybody has a different scorecard or someone has two different rounds. This is just a split round here. And how do you see it? Who do you think won the round and the fight after uh Moret won the first and Yamauchi won the second? Uh yeah, Yamauchi 100% 10-9 in my eyes for the late sub attempts and keeping it close on the feet. I mean, Moret gets those little elbows against the cage, but I really didn't think they were all that effective. And then he gets that really good takedown, and I was like, okay, 
was. He's leaning his way, but then he gets caught in an arm bar. He gets his back taken. He gets a rear naked choke sunk in. Like, you got to go Yamauchi here. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, very close round. It really is a very close round. So there's no, there's not, <laughs> you won't get me saying, oh, Yamauchi got robbed. He got jobbed. None of that. No, no, not at all. I mean, not that I even use those words, but just I, I really saw this as a, you know, tough break. I actually did give the first round to Yamauchi, too. Yeah, me too. I thought it was close. But, you know, all three judges saw the other way. I give them the better of the doubt. Yeah, it's sure. not really worth hashing out. Um, but in this round, yeah, I sided with Yamauchi, uh, which was another round. Brian Miner was in uh, in the minority for Doug Crosby and Peter Rogers had it for Moret here. So that that uh, created the discrepancy and the victory for Moret. But, damn, what does that mean again? It's another couch side override. Another capside override for Brian Miner. It's racking him up. <laughs> yes, he he's got two already. <laughs> now, I, I think we can probably wrap these two up pretty quick, though, yeah. because these are, are very inconsequential rounds in unanimous decisions. Uh, that Let's start with uh, Adam Boric and uh, Jeremy Kennedy. Boric getting unanimous, uh, like we said, 30-27 and then 29-28 times two. Round one is the, the only round where there was any disagreement. Boric got the round from Brian Miner, and Kennedy got the round from Cologne and Dave Peabody. Who did you give it to? I went to Boric. He landed really good to the leg. Some good punches, especially the counters, and I didn't think Kennedy had all that great of offense. Yeah, I I think it was close enough. I I have no problem with it going the other way, Uh, but I did give it to Boric, too. Uh, So I sided with Brian Miner and you, and what does that mean, Dan? He got another one? Couch side override. A, a three-time couch side override. We might send him an award in the mail. We should. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. <laughs> and no finally. Mail from people they don't know. Well, maybe he listens and then there we go. Maybe, maybe he does. But if he does, he's still. I'm sure he doesn't want mail. Uh, email. Maybe. Nice chain email. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> wants that. <laughs> Uh, and then the other round, uh, and our final round to discuss of the evening, thank you everybody for sticking with us, uh, is uh, Liz Carmouche. Round three uh, was split. She got two 30-27s and then one 29-28 because round three was split between her and Vanessa Porto. Carmouche got the round from the majority, which was Doug Crosby and Eric Cologne. Dave Torelli uh, is our judge in the minority here, giving it to Porto. What did you see, sir? I saw Carmouche land in the heavier shots. I saw Porto stalking a lot, but I didn't really think she was all that offensive. Yeah, a lot of following, a lot of not really actually getting it done. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah. No couch that over right here. Yeah, that that fight was whatever. Yeah, Dave Torelli was just in the minority here. But you know what? This is a third round in a fight that was already locked up. Yeah. These are the rounds that, look, I, I think every judge probably aspires to get it right, but realistically if you're sitting there unless it's some sort of egregiousness where you think you know would they fall asleep or something it, it's hard to get really mad about it around here uh, yeah and that was it that was all the rounds we have but uh you know we we, we obviously had a bunch of finishes from the weekend between bellator uh main card of course and the uh the ufc which was a very busy packed ufc uh, as well we had f- what five subs three ko's tko's eight finishes overall what was your favorite among the two even uh, well, not evenings, but two days of fights, sir. Uh, Mackenzie Dern's armbar over Nina Nunez late in round one, seconds to spare. She's fighting that break that defense, and she finally does very technical. Gets the tap, loved it, and and a good win in the uh, 115 pound mom uh, championship division. 
<laughs> yeah, she got the mom belt. They they were they were promoting the heck out of that as a mom versus mom thing, which I think is fun. You know, I, I my wife was there and and watching it, and you know she she's interested in that kind of thing too. She, nice. she likes the mom angle. All right, it's a good angle for them. Shout out shout out to all the moms, especially my wife and my mom. Yeah, it's almost Mother's Day. We got a month. Yeah, it's close. Almost. Hey, it's almost Christmas. That happens this year. It's almost time for Vittoria versus Izzy. Six months from now. <laughs> Jesus. When's when's your Fitch fight? Twelve years from now. No, I'll keep that in mind. When my boy's graduating high school, yeah, it's we'll, right around we'll the corner. That. That's good. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm just hoping John Fitch is can't move by then. <laughs> Maybe. It's probably <laughs> your best hope. Yeah. But what was your favorite finish? For me, my favorite finish was uh, the Man Mountain. Jarjis Danyo. He just trucked Jorgen to Castro in just about three minutes, uh, knocked him down, and, and he had kind of ended up with De Castro doing the same leg thing that happened to Stipe Miocic a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, the awkward falls. I mean, the worst uh, I've ever seen was was Krokop, but no, nothing beats Krokop because he actually hurt his knee. Yeah, that was that he was, was like disgusting. he actually had like an altering knee injury from that. But yeah, that was a sick knockout, and it, especially it, with the irony of. Uh, Sorry, not to, not to dwell on on Krokop, but it was just the fact that he got head kick KO'd when everyone knew him as the head kick KO guy. Yeah, like it was there was insult, there was injury. It was just man, what a is that like? Is that like the most shocking thing that's happened in the UFC? Like, forget about like title wins and things like that. Just like shocking events that happen. You know what? I was think I was just getting into the sport at that point, so I probably didn't understand it to be as shocking. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in retrospect, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, ironic. I wasn't even watching at that point, so like, so. I, this is all just stuff I learned in in retrospect. But like, I, you can watch that and still be like, oh man, Crow Cop's the guy with you know the, the head kicks. Uh, that's what he's known for. He knocks people's heads off, and then he had his head knocked off and his leg busted up because he fell wrong. It's right. like, you know, you don't have to be watching live to know how crazy that is. Yeah, and th- did I hear right? Jarjus Daniel hasn't fought in three years. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly how long. I'm going to look it up really quickly. Because, I mean, he, he, the cash out was flattened. Like, that was it. He was done. That was my favorite knockout. Does that count for me? Not yeah, going, that counts. Not, Why not? For me not going to sub. Why wouldn't that count? No, Dan, <laughs> this was his first fight in four and a half years. Oh, God. Yeah. Welcome back. He, he last fought one month after the revised criteria. Was instituted wow, okay. officially. He doesn't need it though, so he probably doesn't care. No, no. Well, his last fight was a draw, and before that, uh, oh, okay, never mind. A majority man. decision. Well, except to be a technical majority decision. Since so, those two decisions, he's learned. You know what? I'm just gonna knock people out. Yeah, it's much better. Well, <laughs> what's he been working on in five years? <laughs> he was. I mean, he's had periods where he was supposed to be fighting. Uh, you know, he had injuries and all these things come up. So. Finally, he got back in. What what a way to come back, though. That's amazing. And I, I it has to be said, his voice really does sound like it came from a mountain, right? He uh, sounds like a mountain speaking. Maybe he should have been cast as the mountain on Game of Thrones. Maybe he should have. But he's he's one of those guys. Something someone compared him to uh, Andre the Giant, <laughs> and, but, <laughs> which I thought was pretty apt. But then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, realistically, for me, it's just if I had never seen him before, if I didn't know he was a large man. And he called me up on the phone and he started saying, hi, I'm so-and-so. Can I speak to so-and-so? I'd be like, sir, do you happen to be six foot six and, and <laughs> 350 pounds? And he's not that big, but, but he's, he's a big man. Six, three, 265, you know, making the weight. Bona Mundes is very tall. I didn't realize that. 
He's a very yeah tall, lanky kid. Uh, you know, they were saying on the broadcast he probably has the frame to move up to 170 at some point, and I would agree. He's, he's only 23, so he'll get bigger. Yeah. I'm sure he'll find that it's much more comfortable that way. And that's it for the Marathon uh, Sunday edition of the Couchside Judges. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Hope you enjoyed it. Lots of rounds we discussed, and uh, of course we got one coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll probably just record right after that, talk a little bit about that. You know what I hope for? I hope that, that we can actually talk about like maybe a decision from that one and then break down how it would be scored in ABC with individual rounds. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be a good, good time. We'll see. We got to get a good one. Yeah, thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.